Welcome everyone to the Friends at Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper into our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to go on a trip with your favourite group of friends. Hello friends, welcome to the Friends That Carry On podcast. I am Tony, and today we have a lot of people with us. We've got Eric, Jim Scott, Brian, Jim Reed, and Terry Hall. So how is everybody today? Wonderful. Awesome. That is great. Hunky. So <laughs> you're comfy, is what you said? Hunky-dory. Hunky-dory. That's awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about Lisbon. Where is Lisbon? I believe it's in Portugal. Where okay. is Portugal? <laughs> across the pond. I believe it's in Europe. Okay. For us, across the pond. Next to what? For them. It's... Pretend like you're going to Spain and then stop short. One subway stop short. Gotcha. <laughs> One subway stop short. It's on the purple line. On the airplane. Line. <laughs> so, yeah, Lisbon, Portugal. Um, I guess three of us of the six have been and three have not. So I guess the first question I wanted to throw out to the, the, the three that have been is, why did you decide Portugal? And specifically, why did you end up in Lisbon? So Terry, how about you start off? Uh, originally, I went because of the price. Hmm. Uh, Lisbon's known as one of the cheapest European capital cities in Europe. I guess it's got to be in Europe if it's a European <laughs> capital city. <laughs> but, I hate those other European capital uh, cities outside of Europe. <laughs> yeah. But for eating, drinking, lodging, uh, yeah, it just ticked off a lot of my reasons to go. And once I did, it's just a, a wonderful place. I'm, I'm really glad I went. But the price was the main thing that got me there the first time. Okay. What about you, Jim? Well, you know, a lot of it was Terry's recommendation because he went there uh, without me previously. And I heard him talk about it and was like, oh, man, that sounds fantastic. But to be honest, I'd wanted to go to Lisbon ever since back in uh, back at Shepherd University, Shepherd College back in the day. I read Voltaire's Candide. uh, And in it, it describes the great uh, Lisbon earthquake of 1755 which was just a massive thing in European history. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it made me want to go see it. And, you know, thank God when I got there, there's lots of ways you can still see the damage that the earthquake did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one big convent left up on the hill that you could walk through. I guess we'll talk about that later. But yeah. uh, you know, that history had me going. And so that, along with Terry Hall's recommendation, was good enough. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing for me. What, what, Jim, was that, did we go on the same trip? Was that your first one as well, 2016? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing. I mean, I think all of us want to see all over the world. So, you know, it's just another one of those places like, well, sure, I definitely want to go to Portugal and definitely want to go to Lisbon. And then when Terry said, yeah, this place is pretty awesome, I was like, okay. And then we, of course, threw it into, you know, going to St. Patty's Day in Dublin and then following up with Indy in Paris. I was like, okay. Mm. (laughs) Not a bad trip. (laughs) That doesn't suck. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I was very interested in, I mean, I like all of the, any locations, especially that have a a rich uh, history in, as far as like powerhouses, you know, as far Mm -hmm. as really where the center of the kind of the universe was at that point, at least our universe, you know, and Lisbon was just a powerhouse at one point. So you always end up with great, interesting things that happen in that area. And it just 
steep with history. So that was definitely for me. So you guys that haven't been, what are you guys thinking? Is this a place you guys want to go? Absolutely. Like I said earlier, it's on my short list. Yeah. Um, only because you've been, I, and there's experience there. And it is when I should be in Italy right now. Right. And it was through TAP, Air Portugal. Right. And it was, so I was really excited to go there, at least for a layover. Yeah. Even, even though just to see it. And then I would have probably gone back. And within a year or so to stay for a little bit anyway. Yeah. What about you, Jim? Well, I definitely want to go for all the reasons y'all have listed. A, I haven't been, which is a big reason I want to try to get, well, anywhere and everywhere. Um, But uh, hearing the stories that that Terry and Tony and and Jim Reed have have shared and and a few other friends, Les Hill's been there. And then my my daughters went last fall. So uh, they went there in the Azores and had a great time. So all feedback I get is, is really positive, and it's just a place I need to get to. <clears throat> Brian, what about you? Yeah, for sure. You know, everything that that you all have spoken about, um, but, you know, and just reading up about it a little bit, the um, I love the small, quaint, family-run restaurants, mm-hmm. the local feel. Um, the, those types of experiences really appeal to me. The port probably appeals a little bit to me as well. It's terrible. I, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and you know being on the coast and yeah. and the just the description of the city itself um, the uh, you know the that sounds like a place I'd really enjoy. Yeah, it, it's got a, a great vibe, absolutely great vibe. So, um, well, one of the first segments we really want to kind of get into is you know anytime you go to a city, you have to kind of decide where you're going to stay, right? Not necessarily just the accommodations of decide between you know, a hotel or doing an apartment or even a hostel, you know, but you also have to decide what area, you know, like when we talk about Paris, there's one part of Paris is definitely not like the other part of Paris. And that's the same when it comes to Lisbon. So Terry, since you, you know, you were our initial person in, in Lisbon, where did you stay the first time you went? Oh, and well, how, did, how did you even decide? Basically the same area. Uh, every time I've been there, it's, uh, uh, Barro Alto, yep, Barro uh, which Alto. is yep. uh, Portuguese for high neighborhood, and it's uh, it's on the top of a hill. Uh, Lisbon's made up of seven hills, much like Montmartre in Paris. Uh, yeah, Paris has that one big hill. Well, Lisbon has seven, and uh, Barro Alto is uh, one of the hills. It's also the it's, the food and wine and party central too. Uh, by the way, <laughs> not that that had anything to do with why you stayed there, Terry. I uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say so. So did, did uh, but did, it's also one of the cheaper places to stay. Right. So yeah, once again, going back to the the price and more bang for your buck, uh, that was also a reason. My first time. Uh, once I did it the first time, I realized how much fun it was and what a nice, decrepit, run-down area, <laughs> which uh, really led to a lot of that charm. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, and I, I kept going back uh, three other times. So what type of place did you stay in when you went? Was it a hotel, Airbnb? No. Uh, Brian, I've stayed at Airbnbs all four times, although... Lisbon, if you Google it, it's one of the top hostel areas in the in uh, Europe. As for top of the line hostels, uh, 
not your typical 20 to a room type of places. So, you know, if you're a younger person, you want to stay in a hostel uh, and save some money, Lisbon's one of the better places to do that too. Uh, but yeah, apartments for me, there are very few hotels really in the center of the old town area where we like to stay. Uh, the hotels, your big chain hotels are more farther, uh, I guess that'd be northwest towards the more modern part of town, which is kind of dull and boring, if you ask me. Terry, you just touched upon my question is, is there an old section in a modern section like there is in a lot of typical big European cities? You answered yes, that question. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yes, that's one of them. Baralto is one of them. I guess there's, what, three of them that would kind of fall into that general area. Um, that there's the Alfama. The we went up there. Yeah, that, that was it Alfama? I think that's how yeah. you pronounce it. Right below Alfama. the castle. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I guess that's the, the uh, original historical area. Okay. And Bioxa um, and Chiado. Yeah, yeah would cool. be are the other two places. Yeah, and those Bikesa, are all. The- Bikesa is the low area that was like eighty five percent destroyed in the earthquake, and so you know you call it the new area, even though it was all rebuilt, you know, around 1780, 1785, But it's all got the same look. I love up where we are, you know, in the Bairo Alta, uh, because it's just a mishmash of styles. Some things survived, some didn't from the earthquake. Uh, there's a lot of just really old, neat, quick, quirky buildings. Oh yeah, it's totally wild. We uh, now, you guys, your apartment was actually in Baralto. We stayed. I mean, it was only two blocks away. We were kind of right on the the line there between um, Barro Alto and I guess it's the Chiado Barro uh-huh. Alto that area. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it was funny. It was it was only two two blocks. But that wasn't an easy two blocks because you were just on the other side of the top of the hill and we were on the other side. So mm. <laughs> people don't realize how hilly that city is. Mm. I mean, it's yes. <laughs> well, and, and I think uh, I know uh, Terry, my daughter Lauren, uh, leaned on you a little bit for information when she was booking her stuff, and uh, she ended up staying in the Barra Alto section in an Airbnb in an apartment above a, a bar. But I think she had booked something a little further away, and then. And in consulting with you, you're like you're a couple hills or whatever away, and that's going to be a heck of a walk at night or whatever you're doing. So she ended up rebooking it uh, thanks to your advice, and I think that well, I know they had a great time. Yeah, uh, yes, Jim. She wanted to stay in Alfama, uh, which mm-hmm. is on a, another hill across uh, the main square in Lisbon. You got on top of our hill, and then it goes all the way down to the square. And then all the way up on the opposite hill, which was Alfama, uh, which is an old section of town also. But it's mainly locals, uh, a, an older crowd, and it does not do her any justice at night partying-wise. Uh, I know she's your daughter. So have a good <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, Terry, but... <laughs> uh, we can go down that path and explain. <laughs> I don't know. We have time for that. <laughs> that brings another question. So can you day trip? Is these hills you day trip? Okay, oh, yeah. from hill to hill, or do you pick a couple hills throughout? A, you know what I mean? Are they that? I mean, you can walk them. Okay, I mean, but I I'm thinking bigger hills. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty sizable though. I mean, it's yeah. it's an effort. I mean, 
I can tell you when we got down to the to the I guess the the square, um, you know, I guess the old palace square down by the river. I mean, walking back up to our apartment was it was a challenge. Yeah, especially after you know a couple bottles of wine and some port and some ginginas, which we'll explain <laughs> later. You know, I thought, I thought it, it, it was just because you were old. Well, it could be that too, but you know, but if yeah. You start- Start looking around. There's a lot of public transportation. There's a funicular. Mm. Mm. There's these things called the elevators that can take you up and down, you know, about the equivalency of like eight stories. You go from the top to the bottom. And, of course, uh, you can always grab a Uber uh, and, and, and make your trip a little bit shorter going up and down those hills. Yeah, that elevator was pretty awesome. We did that a couple of times, mm. didn't we? Yeah. I mean, that was pretty neat. You just It's almost like you walk out of... You know this plank that sticks out over top, and then an elevator just goes straight down the hill. Wow, it's kind of wild. Hmm. Well, and they give you the best views of the city too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a good way to get around. I mean, you can walk around, but yeah, sneaking in on those kind of elevators and uh, some of the vehiculars that are around. I mean, there's obviously the the infamous one that you always see on anytime they show pictures of Lisbon, but there are several of them that are out there that makes it a lot easier navigating those. Yeah, your best thing to do is to uh, just get a travel pass of some type, either a day pass or a pay-as-you-go pass, and uh, just use those and swipe as you go, uh, because the elevator, Santa Justa, the one that Jimmy's talked about that takes you all the way up to uh, Carmo Convent Square, uh, that costs $5 if you don't have a pass, Mm -hmm. so if you do that once or twice a day, that could really add up to some money, so... A day pass costs six dollars and fifty or six fifty euros. Mm. So mm-hmm. good information. Yeah, that so, gets you on trams, buses, metros, elevators, funiculars, and all those. Yeah, but as far as you know, picking a place to stay. I mean, again, that's kind of the important thing is is figuring out you know what, how do you want to see the city? What do you want to do? You know, if you if you're using it as a really a stopping point to kind of go on a bunch of day trips and doing different things, then you know, staying close to mass transit, you know, your airport or your, yeah, your airport or a train station is important. But if you want to explore the, the city, like we tend to want to do, you know, eat and drink local and see, you know, the historical sites, being in the downtown is kind of the way to go. So you just have to figure out the best way to navigate that, that area. So, but I mean, as well, far, uh, uh, go ahead, Terry, sorry. So along with that, Tony, uh, I've had people, uh, several actually that, went to Lisbon and used points to stay at a Marriott or those type of hotels. And Mm -hmm. uh, for one, all those hotels, like I said, it's in the new section of town. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take 20, 25 minutes to get to the old section where all the happening stuff is. And to rent an apartment in Lisbon is $70 a night. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you're saving a lot of money using points. And by the time you pay transportation and time, you're not really gaining anything from doing that, in my opinion. I would totally agree. We um, we ended up with a two bedroom apartment, um, you know, not really. We didn't need a two bedroom. It was just Shelly and myself staying in there. But we were just kind of looking around for the location. I wanted to be right kind of the top of that hill. Um, again, having learned from Terry, explaining to me the difference, I didn't want to be too far down there. So we were looking at that general area. But again, a two bedroom apartment. I mean, it would have been crowded for you know two couples, but. Still, I mean, it had a full little kitchen, a little living room, and two bedrooms and a bathroom. I think it was like 73 euros a night or something. 
Um, which yeah, it's cheapest. That's food. crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, to be right in the heart of everything. Right. And I do yeah. mean in the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the, the nightlife of Lisbon here in a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like we were all kind of in agreement. I mean, if you're going to, assuming you want to see the city like we do, then being in one of probably either, you know, Barro Alto or the Chiado area is probably best. And, and if you really want to kind of go to, like Terry was saying, more of the, I guess the older traditional section is not quite as a hot spot as far as the partying goes as the Alfama area. But is there any of those sections that might be kind of centrally located? One of the hills, one of the seven hills. No, not that I. <laughs> not that I mean, well, Barra Alto is more in the middle, right, Terry? I mean, as far as the way that those hills are. Yeah, it's along the the river there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you still got to climb down so many steps and hills to get to the river. So. Uh, but that's where the main part of where people go, I guess, would be yeah. these. Is- yeah. I mean, I guess Alfama is the furthest to the east, if you're kind of looking at it, you know, on the map. Mm-hmm. And then when, as you go west, you kind of go down that hill into that, that was it Baxa or Baca? Baxa, I Baxa think. Baxa area. Yeah. And then you kind of go back up the hills into the shadow and Barra Alto section and down another one and back up towards Bellum and I mean it's a roaming hills mm-hmm. so you definitely don't want to do all that in one morning so it was a dead hilly before the earthquake mm-hmm. oh that's a good question yes yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but it but it is a gorgeous area I mean some of the views on top of those hills that we we went to and you know we can talk about that when we get into some of the places we saw but but yeah, I guess you know, kind of wrapping up where to stay. I mean, that's that would highly be my recommendation, and so like that's the group's decision too. But I can't wait to actually go back. So. I can't wait to go for the first time. I, I, I will say, Terry, <laughs> you were talking about the hostels. So you know, what kind of got me? You know, I think we're all chomping at the bit to get back on a plane and get someplace. Um, so I've been following a bunch of different travel podcasters, and there's a really cool. Um, I love their story. It's uh, Travis and Heather. They run Extra Pack of Peanuts. Have you guys ever listened to them? <laughs> I've heard yeah. of them. Yeah, you guys will love them. They got a good story. They got a, they got a, a little, I think, it's a little boy now, so their travel is a little different. But, you know, they used to really focus on traveling inexpensively. You know, and now they, they probably do it as we all do as we get a little older. We <laughs> Cheap's not quite as important as, you know, an experience. But... Well, you I was need just, that separate room for the children. Right. <laughs> but I was, you know, because knowing that we were thinking about, you know, Lisbon, I was just kind of going back through some of the people I listened to and seeing if they had touched on it. You know, and they um, they mentioned the hostel too, Terry. So, because one of the day trip things we were talking about was, or, or one of my places would be Centra. And the train right. station that is right there in Barro Alto apparently goes directly to Centra. Yes. And, a, and an architect. Yes, the one near- yeah. The Rosio station does. Did you see yes. the um, the hostel that's in the train station? <laughs> no, Get I didn't this. notice that. You got have to check. Station. You have to check it out. This guy, he's an architect. He ended up buying part of the train station. Don't ask me how he worked this out, <laughs> but because of his architectural background, he was able to to silence, you know, soundproof it. And it's not like a traditional hostel that you know that we've all kind of explored. They got private rooms. They got private baths, not all of them, but they also have shared ones. They'll do ones where they'll do like kind of girls only, guys only, but it's 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 pretty substantial, and supposedly it's really nice, you know, really nice. And I think Terry, you mentioned earlier, 
that Portugal by by and large usually has some of the top rated hostels in in the in the country or in the world actually. Yeah, so, yes, exactly. Yeah, so you know, don't necessarily look down on a hostel and it, apparently it's as most hostels are, it's really inexpensive and you're right smack in the middle of Barato. So I was gonna ask, are you in the bullseye of the center? Yes. Right there at the train yeah, station. Yeah. Okay. But a great great area though. So I mean I'll put that back on the list considering just you know, listen to what they how they were describing it and then of course I just Googled it like we always do and you know, they have a pretty good write up, so something you guys should check out as well. And that was uh, extra pack of peanuts or yeah. extra bag of peanuts? Extra pack of peanuts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good podcast. You guys should check it out. Um, so I guess we'll just jump into things to, to see, places to go while you're there. So we always want to see historical things and you know do fun stuff. So Maybe things to drink. Oh, we'll do that after. Oh, so. oh, sorry. Get ahead. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I mean, you can you can have something to drink while you're seeing these things. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well, I, I tell you what, I asked uh, Lauren ahead of time uh, some play, some of these things, some of these topics, just to get their ideas. So I don't have like a lot of detail, but let me mm-hmm. throw them out, and then you can tell. I would assume you all know about them or whatever, and can can go into some more details. Uh, and I'll just read her little thing she sent me. She said, besides. Uh, Aribida, uh, I would also recommend taking a day trip to Centra, which is a 45-minute train ride away from Lisbon. Holds lots of old castles and old Freemason garden that is said to have held Illuminati ritual. She's big into Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're able to tour the gardens and find the different ritual sites, which she said was very cool stuff. So I don't know if you've heard of either of those, but uh, those were a couple of things she uh, she mentioned when I asked her uh, what she liked when she was there. Mm-hmm. We definitely know Centra. I know that trip that uh, Tony and Tony and Terry and I were on. Uh, we took one day, went out to Centra. You had to get a uh, train from the Rocio station, and took what maybe about an hour, I think, to get out there, forty-five minutes. And then, yeah, we just uh, Terry actually we didn't have anything set up. Terry went over to the the rank of taxi stands. I think it was uh, when we got there. And I found a guy. And found a guy. <laughs> we so, always find so, a guy. <laughs> we've got eight of us. Can you get us, uh, you know, some kind of a van and take us around to uh, see some of the castles here? And so, you know, that's what we did for the better part of a day. Mm. And just absolutely, uh, as your daughter said, Jim, they're the most some of the most amazing buildings I've seen. The Pina National Palace mm-hmm. uh, is just this explosion of styles standing high up on a hill. Just you know, it's hard to even explain you know how different all these different styles are, but they kind of work together. And had some of the best stained glass I've seen anywhere in the world. They had a collection of German stained glass from the like 14th and 15th centuries. I have no idea how they got it, but uh, absolutely fantastic. Terry, yeah. well, I was gonna say uh, King Ferdinand II. He built uh, the Pina Palace actually on an old monastery and. Uh, to me, Jim, he reminds me a lot of King Ludwig in uh, yes. Munich, you know, with his eccentric style. And he the just, Mad King. yeah, just added on and added on to that, that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, yeah, Centra is nice. Uh, there's also the Moorish castle on the hill, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you haven't been to Jim or Tony, but nope. I went there my first time. It was, mm-hmm. uh, very cool to see, uh, I think from the 1100s or something like that, when the Moors had that area. And there's also the uh, 
national center national palace in town which is worth the trip mm-hmm. but uh get there early before the tour buses come in it's 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 a madhouse once they get there yeah I, the thing you know so when i was looking at centra you know honestly after we got back because i really didn't know that much about it before we got there and i will say this it it's one of my favorite visual experiences as far as looking at like castles and in large buildings mm-hmm. it it is you talking about four or five different architectural styles just kind of <laughs> throw it all in the pool and see what comes out i mean it was it's wild and it is totally wild it's like a fairy tale castle i mean the colors yeah. i mean it's just fantastic you know and I, I saw a lot of people take the train out that way you know but one of the things i loved about our experience is we didn't have just you know the train ride to centra then go hit the palace we got to take that wonderful ride, you know, out to the coast and then, right. you know, on up the coast and got to see a couple of the small beach towns and then the furthest westernmost point of Europe. You know, it was it was a really cool experience. Absolutely. And Jim, that other place that your daughter talked about with the Masonic uh, rituals and all that, mm-hmm. it's the, what is it, Quinta de Regalera? Yeah, I'm probably gardens. mispronouncing that. It, it was, you know, that's another one of those where it's, you know, an insane person put together a palace <laughs> with, uh, the, you know, these underground grottos that you walk through. I was looking at my pictures earlier. One of the guys with us, uh, a big guy named Les, who's one of our good friends going back for a long time, watching him trying to step across the little stones right. <laughs> uh, without falling into the waters. He's going through this grotto. It just yeah, made me laugh. Like crazy, but uh, yeah, they've got that. What is it? The initiation well? Yeah, the initial well. Yeah, that uh, goes around in a circle, and you go down to the bottom. Just you know, very bizarre stuff. And, and once you see that, if you go on and look up initiation well, Sintra, uh, and Google that and see it, you'll probably have seen it before if you're a traveler. You know, in a magazine someplace, or you know, on a show. Yeah, those Mystic Gardens are. I mean, it's it's almost as powerful as the castle itself or the palace itself it's just just crazy the the turrets the the falls the you know the wells yeah. the i mean everything about it was just amazing any idea how old those are the gardens mm, i think that's 18th century i believe but I'm but kind of late started. 18th century yeah. wasn't it i believe so yes or at least the guy who bought it and put in the uh, the well, uh, I think, was later 18th century. Go back to Pina Palace, and I think I've got that written down here someplace. Uh, you know, that one goes back quite a bit farther, I think, uh, to like the 16th century, uh, back during sort of the height of uh, of Portuguese's powers. Yeah, and do you guys remember the little, well, I shouldn't say little, it was pretty substantial size, that hotel we stopped at? that was kind of right there on that hillside. It's the Tivoli Paseo de Sitil, I think is how they say it. It was that one hotel when we were heading out of, out of Centra, heading towards the coast, and we just kind of stopped. It was a very, very long building, and uh, we kind of peeked our heads around the corner because it's set right there on that hillside, and apparently it overlooks that Moorish castle. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's like one of the – it's a five-star resort. I'm sure it's fantastic, but it's right there in Centra too. So, You know, you can certainly do Centra if it's your first time in Portugal. You can do a day trip and get sort of a lot of the highlights, but I'd really like to go spend overnight in the town and, you know, have two days to fully 
explore, you know, maybe get a car, not rely on somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just so much to do there. I would agree. And then we had a great meal there, too. I mean, as far as a trip goes, um, I, I think the name of that place was the, the Mercades. I can't remember how to pronounce that. Mercado del Mercado. Mm. Do you guys remember after we got back and we stopped in and laid, got in there and there, it wasn't very crowded, you know, and we were a crew of Americans and they sat us down and they treated us pretty good. We ate a lot of food. That Portuguese <laughs> language. <laughs> that too. It's a little different. <laughs> um, some of the other areas, what, what else did, stands out to you guys is uh, places to, to see while you're there. Well, well, keeping on day trips, uh, Koskis, yeah. if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, it's a beach town, uh, a little bit south of Centra. Uh, it's also about a 45 minute ride by train. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing about these day paths, as I mentioned, if you spend 10 euros a day, uh, the round trip to Centra and Koskis is included in that day pass. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's something to think about too. Uh, but Koskis, I've really enjoyed. Uh, it reminds me of a New England beach town. It's very quiet. Once you get there, it's very walkable. You don't really need to rely on transportation to get around. And the seafood's fantastic. The uh, scenery's great. Mm-hmm. I have a question about climate and time of year that you went. Uh, we well, on that Terry's been there a couple times. Our my trip was in March because it was St. Patty's Day time. But oh, right, and that what was the climate at that time? Uh, it was very similar to here as far as springtime. Okay. I mean, it was warm. I mean, it wasn't hot, but mm-hmm. I mean, it got a little chilly when we got along the coast. I remember that. Right, okay. <laughs> I think we had some 30-mile-an-hour winds or something blowing but <laughs> up on the cliffs. But How about you guys, Terry I, and Jim? I'm sorry. I, go ahead, Jim. The, oh, uh, are we still talking about the temperature? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, to me, it just seemed like a, it reminded me of California, very mild, uh-huh. sort of Mediterranean weather. Uh, I'm not sure in the summertime. It may get a little bit more sweltering, but uh, gosh, certainly the, the shoulder seasons, if you can go October and March, mm-hmm. are not only probably less crowded than other times, but the, the weather is absolutely ideal. Mm-hmm. We were there in uh, April, and there were people actually in the ocean, Koskis. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, a lot of people sunbathing, so it's very mild climate. Cool. Oh, here, July in Lisbon, the high is 82, it says oh, on average. Wow. That is very so, Southern California. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, they, And, it, you know, the thing about Lisbon, it even looks like uh, Southern California mm. because they built, you know, rebuilt the city all at one time and put in those red clay tiles. You know, it looks just like it, you know, could be San Francisco or uh, Santa Barbara or someplace like that. Other places that were destroyed by earthquakes and rebuilt at one fell swoop. But a very comfortable city. Any little islands or anything off the coastline there to visit or get out to or anything like that? I don't I don't know much about Lisbon. Mm-mm. Not that I know of. Or Portugal. No, like Jimmy, Jimmy said, uh, the Azores, where his daughters mm-hmm. went. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a couple-hour flight, I think, by plane. Right. Damn. Yep. And they had a great time there, but that's different from this. Yeah. I th- another place, though, that I think is kind of a, a almost a must-see when you're in town, you almost have to, by default, fall into it, is the Commerce Square right there down along the river, which is, I guess, where the one of the original um, palaces was built once they moved right. outside of the Alfama area. And uh, 
that place is pretty amazing too. I mean, I guess it was completely destroyed in the earthquake. And then you know what it. happened? The the palace was destroyed, but uh, after the earthquake, uh, fires broke out in the upper hills, and everybody rushed down to that to Commerce Square. You know, to what was open because so it was sort of like the dock land where they could bring in the, the ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when the uh, tsunami came and then, you know, wiped out all the people who'd rushed down there. When was that uh, earthquake? 1755. 1755. Yeah. How bad was it? How big was it? 8.5 to 9 mm. is their estimate. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, it destroyed 85% of the houses in the lower part of the town, which was the main part, and uh, killed uh, anywhere from, they estimate, 10,000 to 100,000 people in a city that was only about 200,000 people at the time. Could have been well, Holy cow. Well, it was a strange uh, combination of mm-hmm. uh, coincidences because it happened on All Saints Day. So, wow. you know, All Saints Day is wow. uh, one of the main religious uh, Catholic holidays. Uh, people are burning candles at home. Uh, they're in church when it happened. Mm. So, yeah, that's where the fires came from, all the candles. A lot of people died in the churches. Wow. Didn't know yeah. yeah, a virtual feel-good story, huh? Well, sure. and, and this had been one of the centers of Catholicism in Europe at the time. Uh, it was really looked at as a, not a holy city, but but a city that was very steeped in in its religion. In fact, the, they had the uh, the Inquisition. They had their own version of the Inquisition and the Ada de Fes where they'd burn the... Uh, the Jews who had come over from Spain uh, and converted Catholicism, they just decided to burn them anyway to appease, you know, whatever. Uh, so, you know, to, <laughs> right. to have all of this happen on uh, All Saints Day and this town, this holy town destroyed, you know, really was sort of the beginning of a lot of that uh, questioning of faith. That's why I talk about Voltaire, who, you know, uses this as a central uh, argument that uh, we aren't living in the best of all possible worlds overseen by a beatific god but anyway i guess i guess i'll i guess i'll take a pandemic well, that's, uh, well, i don't know they could go the, out about <laughs> maybe that's why the nightlife is so robust now oh maybe but you know I, one of the things down about the commerce square so when they rebuilt it now it, it does house a lot of uh i guess government buildings and restaurants and you know, some shops and things like that, but it's a very wide open square and you can, there's almost like a boat ramp. We can walk right down to the river and it's pretty cool. But one of the really coolest places in there is called Vin Portugal. Terry, do you remember <laughs> that place? The little wine bar? Oh yeah. So, very different, isn't it? Oh, it's so neat. So we see these in a couple of wine shops around, you know, some of the higher end places where, you know, like the little dispensers where you can, you pay a certain amount, you can get a sip or a half a glass or a whole glass, but it, it's usually a way they can put expensive wines and you can get a good glass without having to buy a whole bottle. Well, this is a, a wine place and then it's called Vin Portugal. That's right there that has over a thousand bottles that you wow. can taste. And it's very contemporary when you and walk in. you only in. got halfway through? <laughs> no, about two thirds. Um, but no, we, I mean, we walked all the way around and they have great descriptions on all of them. And you know, you, you prepay a card and you just go up and swipe it and, I think Shelly and I sat there for a while. Mm. I'm not sure how long, but we were there for a little while. <laughs> so were the descriptions in English? Yeah. 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 They had, it was like one of those dual, um, you know, 
where they have both Placards, in port, yeah, prime sure. Portuguese. I, they mm-hmm. might have more languages than that, honestly. But yeah. but they, it, it big open area with a lot of t- cool tables and chairs, so you can go and sit and chill out. And apparently, they do a lot of different events in there, and you can d- do private events. But it's just one of those things when you're walking by, it looks like a a typical shop, and then you realize it's a giant wine tasting bar. It's pretty <laughs> cool. So I highly recommend stopping in if you like wine because you get to see try all. It's all Portuguese wine. Yeah, I think we just popped in, Tony, because we wanted a glass of wine, and exactly. that was the only place we saw. <laughs> yeah, we were walking around, I was like, there's got to be a place around here we can grab a you know, a glass of wine. Got more than you've already Little did we know, we're like, wow, we hit the mother load. Yeah, here's a thousand. <laughs> and the lady was really nice. She's like, oh, you can come back every day. We'll, we'll show you around. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that sounds tempting. <laughs> so you, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, if we're talking about places to see, one other thing that's sort of in between a day trip and a place to see in Lisbon is on the far west side of uh, of Lisbon, the town of Bellum. Yep. I, I really love that. If you go out there, uh, there's a huge monastery, the Hieronymus Monastery, uh, World Heritage Site. Uh, it was begun in 1501, but it's got the tomb of Vasco da Gama, the uh, Portuguese explorer in there. As well as the uh, you know the most famous poet from Portugal, Louis Camões. Uh, there's also you know a, t- a tower out there on the uh, river from 1514, uh, and a monument to the discovery you know the great discoverers from the age of discovery. Just a lot of things, and it's only what maybe about a 15 20 minute tram ride out of town. Yeah, we took the yeah, tram out. The tram the, 15. Yeah, we took the tram out and, and and toured that whole place, and then we walked down towards the tower. The tower was really cool. I mean, there's some great yeah. views from up there too. It's sounding like you need about three trips there. <laughs> yeah. Or, or three months, one trip. There you go. <laughs> However the math ends up. Uh, hey, so, Jim Reed, talking about the uh, monastery, uh, one of the things I've discovered uh, since our trip, uh, yeah, the lines are ridiculous long to get into the monastery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the church itself is free to get in. The cloisters, I think, are 10 euros or whatever. Uh, but if you go next door to the National Archaeological Museum, you can buy a combination ticket for 12 euros. Go to the museum first, and there's a door that leads you into the monastery to bypass Ooh. the lines. Oh, Very cool. cool. Good tip. Secret door. Yeah. Mm. Secrets are good. <laughs> that's a, I think that's actually it's one of my must-sees. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jim. That was of my list. That was, that was on there because... It was just a very, very cool place to visit. Did you find that most of the, the museums or castles, things that you visit, had entry fees? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we went to any free places, did we? That I recall. The uh, the military police museum right next to Karma was free. Mm. That little weird place that uh, sort of, a lot of it was the history of the revolution. Uh, what was that, the 1970s or whatever. But uh, that was the only place I remember really free. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, as far as things to do too, uh, I mean, we always highly recommend Sandman's tours. And I, did, I don't know if everybody did it. I know we did the walking tour. Terry, Jim, did you guys do that? Yeah, I did it. Not okay. I have before, Tony. Yes. Yeah. So they they have a great free walking tour. They also, for those that are interested, they have a, a pub crawl. I definitely do that. So I haven't done that one yet, but I might have to put that on the list. Um, 
they do a couple other twos. They do that Alfama walking tour also. I suppose mm. it's pretty cool. Um, but we we went over to Alfama and did kind of like an afternoon and you know did little street cars and kind of wandered around a little bit. And that's a good place to see to really see. Like Terry said, it it's an older section and smaller streets and older crowds, but mega wine. What about wine tours? I don't know about a tour, wine tour. About port. You sit tour. in your seat and they give you the tour. Yeah, I was going to say, every place uh-huh. you go is <laughs> is a wine tour. Yeah. If you like Portuguese wine, mm, it's yeah. a good place to be. <laughs> uh, and if you don't tours, know if you like Portuguese wine, if you like Spanish wine, true. it's a, you know, a lot of the same characteristics. You'll like this. Yeah. Sorry, Terry. I was going to say, speaking of tours, uh, Lisbon probably besides Berlin, uh, maybe Paris, uh, is one of the best places to go for street art in Europe. And they do offer many street art tours in the city. And if you're into that, I highly recommend doing one or just doing your own. Uh, Google street art in Lisbon. You can find many maps uh, of where to go and see some of the best street art. It's amazing. Has Banksy shown up there? Yes, I think he has. Uh, Grego has. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, speaking of, of Portuguese wine, how about we jump into one of our topics near and dear to our heart is eating and, and, and drinking wine and other beverages. It's a good place for it, right? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Sounds like it. So yeah. Far. You know, I'm at... First trip, Terry, uh, uh, I think it was Terry found going through Travel Advisor, uh, a place that he really liked uh, the Bi- in the Biro Alta, the BA. Uh, and the place's name was the BA Wine Bar. I think it was number one in TripAdvisor at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we had, what, about eight people. And I think they only fit about 20 in the whole uh, bar itself. So, uh, you know, we got reservations early because we knew we wanted to do that. And the whole thing was you go in, you sit down as a group around a table, family style. Uh, you don't necessarily really order off a menu. They say, they come to you and they say, okay, what kind of wine do you like? What do you drink in the States or when you're in France or whatever? And then they bring out the uh, the wine, the Portuguese wine, tell you about where it's from, uh, how it's grown, what the temperatures are like there. They let you taste it. And then they stand right there with you and they're like, well, what did you think about it? What did you like? What didn't you like? And it's just they constantly sort of tweak it to find what your perfect wine is going to be out of all the Portuguese wines. And when you have your wine, they uh, tell you what you should eat with it. And they bring out these big trays of, you know, gosh, what was it? Uh, you know, the, the Spanish style ham, mm, meat, yeah. meat and more meat, uh, deep breads, fried fat, deep fat cheese, olives. You know, it was just amazing. That was one of the best meals I've ever had uh, uh, and ended with, you know, was it 20-year tawny ports that mm-hmm. just blow your socks off. Mm. Well, you know, you did a good, good job of explaining that one, but I think you even sold that short, Jim. That's how crazy good that place was. Yeah, Because mm. not only did they do what Jim said, they did it for every person at our table. Mm. That wasn't like yes. they it came and asked and said, people. no, I think what we had, what do we have, like eight of us, I think? Still, oh. huh? Yeah. But they asked each of us that same question, and they brought out the bottle. And then once you decided your glass, if you wanted to change the next glass, they did the exact same thing again. So it wasn't like they were picking out a bottle for the table. They did it for every one of us. 
which was yeah. it, it turned into a three hour taste. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were there a and long time. And they must have time. had a thousand bottles on the wall and you know, based on what you told them, the feedback you gave them, they knew exactly where to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna like a nineteen seventy nine uh you know, from the Doro Valley. So it was really it you're right, I probably did undersell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was thinking about how awesome it was and then I started looking at some pictures and then just remembering it. I'm like, wow, that really was fantastic. And Terry, you're talking about that deep fried kind of pork thing. I'm not sure how to describe yeah. this. But it had it was crispy, but it disappeared like cotton candy. That's pork fat, man. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. It was. It was like one of those things yeah. that I could have eaten suckling pig all night. Thanks for making yeah. me drool. All yes. even in the ambulance ride to the uh, hospital. I didn't care bypass, as long as they as long as they had a bottle of port in the ride, I'd be fine. But <laughs> well, and just the olive oil tastings for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Each each olive oil tasted completely different depending on what we drank. So what would you use just, to taste the olive oil with? It was just a bread, 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 okay, or dipping bread. Okay, and, and they had uh, different different breads, so with different textures that they wanted you to try it with, and it just changed the flavor profile completely. It was just, it was one of those things. It was truly a, an experience, experience, right? Absolutely, an experience, and not super expensive, honestly. I mean, well, they're asking you when you go in, how much money do you want to spend per glass? <laughs> yeah, that was not surprised when you get your check at the end. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they keep it within those boundaries. Yeah, because they, they don't want to pull a you know five hundred dollar bottle off the shelf if you're now, willing to spend three dollars. The problem glass. is, I see here is they can ask you how much you want to spend per glass, but knowing you guys, they should have asked how many glasses <laughs> are you going to be drinking as well. Yeah, what's the denominator? <laughs> I, I think a better question would have been how much do you want to spend in total. total. <laughs> I, I think that's the question. I think that's what they asked us, and I think we basically said about a hundred dollars max. Uh, and that's about what it came to, wasn't it? Am I misremembering? I think our bill was, our bill is like four hundred dollars for eight of us, or something like yeah, that. It wasn't so significantly wow. less. I mean, I, I was, I remember being completely surprised because I was like, we were in here for, for three hours. I think longer than three hours. I think our sitting was at eight thirty, eight o'clock, and we didn't walk out until eleven thirty or something like that. They they open at seven p.m. Like Tony said, it holds 18 to 20 people. They only do one sitting, and that's it. So uh, if you go to the BA Wine Bar, you have to make reservations because we've seen so many people get turned away. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many people showed up to try to yeah. sneak in a table, and they were like, no, not going to happen. I mean, you know, if, if you leave early, yeah, there are seats somebody if the table is open, but uh, they don't rush you. No. One, one term. One turn a night, and that's all they care about. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely one of my. It's it's one of my top, I guess, food drinking experiences. Pretty much ever, anywhere. I mean, I would go back there every chance. One of my best memories, though, is that uh, Terry Hall thought ahead uh, because one of our friends, uh, John Ribble, couldn't make it. He thought ahead to uh, take a big life size photo of Ribble's face. And print it out and put it on uh, sticks. And so at one <laughs> point, we all put our ribble faces on and uh, had them take a picture of us. Uh, had the, they must have thought we were crazy and sent it to Ribble as a, you know, GFY. Yep. Were they wrong about thinking were they? you were crazy? 
no, no, no. Well, get all. this. Ter- Terry didn't. I mean, we posted that, and didn't you show them that the next time you went over, and they were like, "Oh my god, we remember you guys." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did Ribble ever go get there and go back? And uh... he's supposed to be there like around now. Yeah, he's just got canceled. You need to post that picture yeah. again. Yeah, that is a good picture. I do remember that picture. That's a great story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was it was absolutely fantastic. So high, I guess high on all of our lists of, of things to do and seeing. I sure want to go now. Yeah. Uh, what well, else do you guys think about eating and drinking in Lisbon? Well, I got a couple of things for my daughter. Ooh, if you want yeah, me to chime ahead. in? Yeah, absolutely. Do you she, do you want me to just do one at a time or just sort of read what sure. she wrote? She eats and drinks. <laughs> yeah, let's see what she had to say. Um, well, she uh, first she said really good seafood, a seafood uh, seaside restaurant. At the port called, and I hope I say this right, Vestigius or Vestigus. Um, they had she had a seafood pod filled with octopus, uh, mussels, potatoes, clams, uh, and, and eaten with white uh, white rice. So that was a, a restaurant she she highly recommended. And then, of course, the rest are bars. Um, <laughs> but they went to a really cool bar on the bar crawl, which is probably Sandman. I know they do Sandman all the time. Uh, that every menu item was named like it was a medicine, and it was a, and the the bar was designed like a pharmacy, and it was called Pharmacia uh, Felici Dade or Felici Dodd, though it's not like Christmas Felici Dodd, um, and the menu even came in a cardboard box that looked like medicine. Uh, it says very good cocktails, but expensive, but only compared to the, most of the Lisbon bars. So from what I'm told, most of the Lisbon bars are pretty cheap, so probably uh, not too bad. And then she also went to a bar club called Park that had an awesome rooftop and it had a great view of the Golden Gate Bridge's twin. So those were a couple of places that, that she had a lot of success there and really enjoyed. I've never that, seen the yeah, bridge. That brings to mind, did you do any sky drinking there? <laughs> well, you're always on a hill, so by default. You right? I'm, that's, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I don't remember seeing a ton of rooftops. We, we went the opposite direction. Instead yeah. of going sky drinking, we were in the cellars. We were down yeah. in the hole. Basement dwellers. <laughs> there, there is one place, I, and um, we didn't go to it, but I know I had it on our list. And when we did the gym, when we, we did the, the Sandman's walking tour, there towards the bottom of Barrow Alto, close to the, to the river, is apparently a really good place that has good views of the river. It was on my list. We just didn't get, get around to doing it, but... Next time. So, yeah. Jim, y'all went dank and dark, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually, I think one of my favorite places in the city, and we went there every single day, was what Terry called our hole in the wall. Literally. Literally, a hole in the wall. You're walking down. It's at the bottom of the, the BA, the Biro Alta. You know, you come down what seems like 200 steps straight down. You get to the very bottom there by the train station and turn around. And nestled under the stairs, there's just a little open door where you can go in and order. What are those things called, Terry? Ginginas. 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 Can what are what are they? Can you describe them? It's a sour cherry liqueur. Is the uh, easiest way I could describe it. It's it's a shot of uh, fruity. <laughs> well, it's actually uh, one fifty one. Yeah, it's gonna say it's oh, pure alcohol, wow. and they literally put sour yeah. cherries in there, and it ferments, and mm. that's basically what it is. Fruity one fifty one. That's I can I can I can taste that. Well, they're delicious. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna it lie. It's about a, down them in a hurry. And it's about a 
a euro twenty-five each. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do a shot with out of a chocolate ga- glass for mm. a euro fifty. Mm. Well, that remember that was the place that was just below our hole in the wall bar. That's right. The second hole, the upper <laughs> hole. The <laughs> upper there was the upper and the. And so the they had two hole bars. <laughs> in the lower hole. And then, <laughs> but that was a, a nice place. Uh, we had several there. pictures there that had. Uh, you could do the chocolate shot, so they were half shot. So they poured, like, um, imagine a chocolate shot glass, and they would pour half the shot in it, and you would do the a shot of it. Then they pour another shot into it, and then you would drink it and then eat it. I was gonna say, can you eat the chocolate shot well, glass? Yeah. Awesome, for just twenty five cents more. That I'm I'm on that all day long, right? Well, again, uh, Jim, the yeah. uh, the hole in the wall, the original hole in the wall, is named Jinjinha do Carmo. Mm. Is the name of the place if you anybody wants to go check it out. That's yeah, the name. and we also did our little uh, tribute to Bourdain and you know hit several of the right. places that he did as far as Gingino. So I think we liked our hole in the wall place better because <laughs> it was ours. What was, was that? Was that the upper one or the lower one? Was that the lower one I think is where we were. That has the chocolate one. Yeah, dank and dark. <laughs> it's, it's no bigger than a bathroom, so. Everybody has to drink outside, so there's a couple little tables out there. You just stand there and and, uh, shoot the shit with all the locals. When you're ready, you go back inside, get your shot glass, and come back out again. Sounds like a horrible time. I haven't been there, but I hear lots of good things about about Lisbon and its atmosphere, sort of a party or or celebratory Mm -hmm. atmosphere. And just in that description, Terry, where... You had to. You got your drink, but you had to go outside to drink it. Is there a lot of places like that? So do people congregate sort of outside and, and just sort of add to that kind of atmosphere? Yes, Jim. Uh, a lot of those Gingino places, they do. Uh, the parties on the weekend, it's uh, I best I can describe, which I've never done it, is Mardi Gras mm-hmm. in New Orleans mm-hmm. every weekend. Uh, it's just packed with people on the streets up in the in the BA. And it's it's really a party central. Yeah, the the where Terry is talking about where we would have our ginginos with the chocolate. Imagine two glass doors, and then you walk inside of that, and there's a counter, which was the bar that was maybe maybe six foot long, and there'd be four or five, six people, you know, ordering their shots. But then you walk out onto the which is in essence a sidewalk. And of course you're halfway down the hillside there. So there are steps, you know, kind of going up and down, but a big sidewalk with outdoor cocktail sized tables, you know, the standing tables, you just brought it out, hung out there. and Also down in the bottom, you know, uh, the lower, the Basha area, uh, what was that main street? Rua de Prata, I think. Yeah. Heading towards commerce. They uh, they had restaurants all lining through that, and at night they would put the tables out, uh, like you see in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. They put the tables out. You could eat. You get your big pot of uh, mussels or whatever, and uh, you know drink beers and just people watch there as well. So yeah, no matter where you are, that seems to be part of the uh, the Portuguese uh, uh, way of life. Yeah, we had a great evening. Remember that the the this was. I don't remember what day, but, you know, I guess it's like any place you get towards the weekend. It's a little bit more happening than especially when you're in the shoulder seasons. But the night after that, I remember it being really crowded. But the night we were kind of walking around that area that we ended up sitting down at that table. And, of course, one of the locals and, you know, they convinced us to sit down. And 
like always, they end up bringing out their own bottle of something, and we end up having a bunch of beers and a bunch of drinks and hanging out with those people probably way longer than we intended. But <laughs> always wonder how that happened. <laughs> but it was fun, and then when yeah. we ended up in another place that we walked into, some kind of lounge that was blue and black and purple colors, and we end up back in the back sitting on crazy couches and having some weird drinks. I'm like. <laughs> Not sure how the hell we ended up here, but <laughs> here we I, are. <laughs> I won't even bother asking you the name of it. That I couldn't tell you. I didn't look that one up because honestly, it didn't. Br- <laughs> I didn't remember you until just now. Like that, long after you're rem- able to remember names, right? <laughs> um, well, how about how about food? I mean, do they do, do they have street vendors? Uh, is there a street food scene, or is it mostly just the you know the small Mom and pop shop type restaurants, you know. Mom and pop shop restaurants for the most part. Uh, like the national dessert, I guess you want to say, is the pasta de nada, which is a little tiny egg custard tart. And those are so good. They're like a euro, euro 50. Uh, but you can eat easily a half dozen at one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> But who's counting? <laughs> I mean, well, how, do they, how about tapas? Do they do they have tapas or anything like that? Like Spain, do they do it like that, or or just regular served meals? Or uh, I've never really seen a lot of tapas. In okay, my just there. curious. Yeah, we didn't yeah, see that meals. When you go into you know the the cheaper meals, sort of the mom and pop places, one thing that I do remember is the first thing they do is they bring out a big uh, basket. It's going to have like five different types of bread, vegetables, and I think there was usually a little bit of cheese there as well. And you say, no, you don't want it. Yeah, olives, that's right. But it's like, uh, you know, that was that's sort of their equivalent of tapas, you know, the beginning of the meal. Okay. But then you get the meat but, too. But it's not free. They yeah, right. It. Okay. I think it took so us about three or four meals yeah. to realize that it wasn't free. But. <laughs> I mean, not that I wouldn't have eaten it anyway, but that was one of the things I will say, you know, and, and again, your trip is what you make it and, you know, you kind of have different things and I, it wasn't like we were looking for, you know, a fancy meal or anything like that. But one of the things I do remember about Lisbon is I didn't find any other than the BA wine bar, of course, but most of the meals just were, you know, just kind of like staples, you know, it was, it was good. It wasn't, wasn't great, wasn't bad, but it was good and you know, you have something that was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But there wasn't anything to me that really just jumped out like that was phenomenal. Again, other than the B.A. wine bar. I don't know about you guys, but that was kind of my experience. That was my take, too. But like Jim Scott or Jim's daughter you know, said, I think there probably are really good restaurants. You just have to do a little bit of the legwork to find them. And I imagine seafood is, you know, what you're going to get at the best places. But uh, the ones that we went to, to me, were oh, good. They were Okay. Cheap. My last trip, I found a fantastic restaurant my last trip. And uh, one of the best meals I've had, I think. Really? Uh, in that part of the world. Yes. Uh, but, you know, we, for the most part, I'm like you guys. It's nothing spectacular. It's good. It's decent. But you really have to look, like Jim said, to to find the places. But they're there. Uh, yeah. Just, well, you just can't walk in any place to find a good meal like you can in Paris or right. you know, other places in the world. Right. I would tell you, though, the 
again, just from a, a, if you like the drinking lifestyle, that for sure is there. I, I remember, I don't know, was it the night after the we went to the, the wine bar that I think it ended up being just us three guys that ended up meandering into one of the Barrow Alto, well, maybe it was more than one, but several of the Barrow Alto bars. And it's, it's like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning at this point, and it's just humping. I <laughs> mean, humping. There's people everywhere. And you, you just kind of lose track of time. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, it's 3 o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tony, on the weekend, it's 5 o'clock. Oh, I don't even want to think it's, about it. And again, this is probably like a Wednesday and Thursday night you know, in March. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember a few uh, Snapchat videos from my daughters when they were there, and they're just videoing the streets, and it's very late or early, uh, however you want to view that uh, mm-hmm. going on. But the streets were packed, and... Music playing, people dancing around, just having a blast. Mm-hmm. So is. when you get your apartment, your Airbnb in, uh, uh, in the town, you might want to go onto Google Street Maps and just make sure there's not a bar underneath your apartment. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that's what you go back to the just planning where you want to stay. That was kind of one of the reasons we stayed just on the other side of the hill. We're like, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if, you know, you don't know how loud it's going to be being the first time. I was like, well, we're only two blocks away, so... At least we know we're not going to have a, a thumping bar right underneath of us. So, but great place though. Oh my goodness, just a great place. Well, what else? Anybody else got anything else for food and drink that you can think of that was a great experience? Well, uh, it's not really a great experience. I just want to throw it out there. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait to hear this. Bad, <laughs> bad one. Way to set that one up, Terry. <laughs> Uh, try Caprihanas, uh when you go there. It's it's actually Brazil's national drink, uh, but you know, being Portugal, uh, they've kind of made it their own too. It's made with uh, sugar cane, hard liquor, sugar and lime, and it's it's really an amazing drink. Mm. So in, in a good way, because I know when we went to Amsterdam and you told us about their national drink, <laughs> and, and, and when you were talking about the gin drink earlier, I, it made me think of that, uh, and I can never remember the name, but that was god-awful. So this one is good. It has sugar in it, good. so. You, Jeff, you would like this one. Okay. Sounds like a little bit of a mojito, Terry, uh, something along yeah. those lines. Refreshing. Exactly, Eric. Yeah, okay. But uh, only stronger and sweeter. Not, oh, man, that sounds wonderful. I really <laughs> want to go. I so have the travel itch so bad. Don't we all? Oh. Well, that just kind of leads into my other point, though, at this point. So, I mean, I know when we go back, we're already talking about Terry. I know you've been to Porto. Um, yes. I haven't been to Porto, and I know we're talking about Lisbon, but the next time we go to Lisbon, we're thinking about actually renting a car and... Mm. Then going through the Coscus area of the beach, and then just hitting up the coast to Porto, and then explore the the Dora Valley a little bit, and maybe just head over into Spain. So, um, I, that's definitely one of the things that's on my short list. So, I don't know what you guys are thinking. I mean, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to just kind of wrap up with is where do we all want to go? You know, we just talked about Lisbon. I definitely want to go back to Lisbon. You know, it's it's yeah it's a good experience and it's, it's fun. It's like one of those places. It's not super expensive. There's so many things to do and see and eat and drink and just a happening place. But where else are you guys thinking about? I was sorry. I was thinking about this earlier. I have a, like a three list short list. Yeah. Italy is on that list. That's a big place to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 
Lisbon or yeah. anywhere in Portugal, really, yeah. uh, Porto. And I, I want to get to Oaxaca. I want to get to Mexico. Yeah, I want to get oh, this. Yeah, yeah I, those are all, those are my my three short list yeah. places. Really. Well, Jim and Terry, you guys still trying to think about hitting Oaxaca this year? No, I don't think this year. Yeah. You know, unless you know they come up with a miracle cure in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, it's just too risky to yeah. to try right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think Paris is going to be in play this year. Uh, but it's still booked. I still haven't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they open the borders, I'm going to be there. But I'm not sure they're going to open them up. <laughs> you, they might just close them once you get in. That may not be so bad. I'm not really opposed to that either. Jim Scott, what about you? I just want to go somewhere. Yeah, I just exactly. want to get something booked that I know I can look forward to and go. It doesn't matter where. We right. could drive. We could, we could book like um, Oktoberfest 2021. <laughs> uh, something, something a little sooner. <laughs> something hopefully in this calendar year. It may have to be a road trip. Right. It might be. T-Hall, what about you? Uh, I'm kind of like uh, if Paris doesn't work out, Tony, uh, 2020 is a wash. Uh, yeah. I, I just facing facts that it's not going to be a done deal this year. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at March next year. Yep. Uh, Porto, for because I did book our March trip this year with TAP Portugal, like Eric's did too. Yeah. Uh, so I did get credit through TAP Portugal. Mm. So I want to fly with them maybe in March uh, to Porto again. I really love that city. Uh, and I'm going to book in that with uh, southern Spain or back to Paris. Uh, haven't decided yet, but those are my options for March. Yeah, cool. Good options. Well, we will. Hopefully, they come true for you, buddy. Well, we'll be in the air Thanks. as soon yeah. as it's allowed, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure we all will be somewhere. So, looking forward to it. Can't wait for. I can't wait to see you guys again. Oh man, somewhere, somewhere else. else. Somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, it's probably time to wrap up. I appreciate everybody for sticking around and talking about Lisbon. And uh, we highly recommend you guys get there whenever you can. Um, I guess until next time, we appreciate it. And don't forget to check us out on friendsthatcarryon.com and, of course, on all of the social media sites. And then, again, download and subscribe to our podcast, any place that you listen to your podcast. So talk to you guys soon and travel when we can. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Be sure to join the friends next week for another great discussion. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content at www.friendsatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook by searching Friends That Carry On. Thanks again for joining us and don't forget to carry on, friends.